Hey, this is the Canadian Taxpayers Federation podcast dedicated to lower taxes, less waste and accountable government. I'm here with my friend Franco Terrazano. Franco, you're in Ottawa and you're holding down the fort. And I know in your spare time, what you like to do for fun is to <laughs> figure out how governments can, wit- can quit wasting our money and actually uh, save us money by cutting taxes. Now, you and I do a lot of interviews and quite often we'll hear things like, oh, well, what is the government to do? Inflation is a global phenomenon. There's nothing <laughs> possibly that the Trudeau government can oh, do. Yeah. So you did a crazy deep dive on tax cuts and such happening around the world. Tell our listeners what Canada could be doing when compared to other countries. Yeah, we found that there's a lot of other countries, a lot of other national governments that are cutting taxes, all while Ottawa continues to stick us with higher carbon tax bills, higher alcohol tax bills, and is taking more money away from our wallets through payroll tax hikes. So we found 51 other national governments that are doing the right thing and providing their citizens with relief. 51 other national governments and a lot of these governments too are our peers we found more than half of the g7 and more than half of the g20 countries that have been cutting taxes and two-thirds of the oecd countries that are cutting taxes so you have a whole bunch of other countries that are doing the right thing all while ottawa continues to crank up the taxes that we are forced to pay and i think this is critical uh because usually when i'm on a on the air with a host and they say oh well you know other other countries are dealing with inflation what are we to do my usual mom response is well if all your friends jumped off a bridge would you do so too Uh, but you did the you did the real work here and you've got hyperlinks in all of your your examples and a lot of them are our peer countries like you're not cherry picking like you know uh guatemala didn't just cut its taxes on gummy bears right this is real money (laughs) nothing wrong with that no, nothing wrong with that. So what other countries were actually cutting taxes and how do we compare? Well, Australia cut its gas tax in half. <laughs> so that's that's pretty big. The United Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, the United Kingdom is also providing significant gas tax relief. Let me just check the numbers here. Uh, worth about five billion pounds. Now, depending on the exchange rate, that's that's around seven billion dollars Canadian. So that's real relief. You got the government of South Korea cut its gas taxes by 30 percent. Germany cut its gas taxes by 30 euro cents a liter. The Netherlands cut its gas tax by 21%. So a lot of our peers are cutting gas taxes, all while our gas taxes are going up. You have Ireland, India, you have Portugal, New Zealand. They're also cutting gas taxes. Um, And remember, Chris, we actually ran a huge billboard campaign and social media campaign uh, that showed just the laundry list of other countries that are cutting their gas taxes. And then we had a, a country and a picture of a prime minister who wasn't cutting gas taxes. Of course, that was Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and and Canada. And we even included that billboard ad right in front of the uh, prime minister's office. So every time Trudeau and his staff were going to work in the morning or afternoon, who knows, uh, they would have to walk across our billboard ad. But look, other countries are also cutting different types of taxes. Italy cut income taxes. France and Spain cut electricity taxes. Uh, Belgium, Austria, Norway, they cut consumption taxes as well. I wonder why we seem to be stuck in this echo chamber because, you know, Canadians travel a lot. It is a fully fledged member of the G7. We're, we're you know, a big deal for our size. Yep. And it just seems like, you know, the message just isn't getting in here and we're all got kind of Stockholm syndrome and we're not asking or demanding tax cuts. I will say those billboards did have an effect. I've still got friends in Ottawa and their staffers and they walk back and forth and they say, man, you guys are cheeky. Like you're, you are. you're right out in front of Parliament. <laughs> Hill. Um, now we 
have had some little success stories provincially here in Canada. I'm here in Alberta in your old stomping ground. And to their credit, the Alberta government uh, cut their gas tax by 13 cents a litre way back in the spring. So all this time, all this summer, people have been saving 13 cents a litre. Uh, that's real savings. I know Ontario, they finally <laughs> kept their election yep. promise from the last election. They cut it. We have some relief out in Atlantic Canada, too. Yeah, Newfoundland and Labrador, they also cut gas taxes. Yeah, that's really good to see. Okay, so fair enough. You know, we have some provincial examples where they're cutting taxes. What do we want people to do? You know, we just finished explaining that we've got all these other countries that have cut these taxes uh, right when they need them most, when they need the savings most. Uh, what do we want listeners to do? What do we want the government to do when it comes to these taxes? How do we push them into actually taking action? Well, uh, at the very least, it should have been a no brainer to not raise taxes during right. the middle of a pandemic when people were losing their job, taking cuts, losing their small business and uh, eventually dealing with nearly four decades high inflation. Um, but of course, we did see the federal government raise taxes. Let's look at the carbon tax. I mean, the carbon tax has gone up three times during the middle of a pandemic, right? Even after rebates, the average household is still paying hundreds of dollars this year, according to the government's own independent budget watchdog. Uh, but then payroll taxes, payroll taxes have also go gone up. So this year, a worker is directly paying about $4,500 in payroll taxes this year. If you're making $65,000 or more, a business also has to pay a similar amount there. So look, cut those payroll taxes right off the bat, cut uh, cut the carbon tax, completely scrap it, put it in the trash can, along with cutting <laughs> other federal gas taxes. And the reason we're always um, harping on gas taxes, well, there's many reasons, but especially now, is that gas tax relief could be immediate, right? The yeah. Trudeau government could immediately cut federal gas taxes and save drivers anywhere between 18 and 30 cents per liter of gas, depending on which province you're in. That's 20 bucks for a family saving when they when they fill up their minivan. I know you guys like to play the, how much will that car consume in carbon taxes game? <laughs> but look, uh, the federal government charges a plethora of different taxes, right? Gas taxes, taxes on taxes, income taxes, sales taxes, payroll taxes. Uh, so regardless of which tax our federal government would choose to cut, the, the, the key point is that there are things the government could do to mitigate inflation and allow Canadians to keep more of their own money. Okay, I'm going to do two things here. One, I'm going to play devil's advocate, but mm -hmm, that's in mm -hmm. a second. First, at risk of watching your head explode. Yeah, um, it's going to. You know, you know what's coming. How are payroll taxes taxes, Franco? Um, oh, I hate I've you. I've seen a lot of times. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, lucky I'm far away from you. So I've seen a lot of smarty pants people on the television recently forgetting <laughs> what a tax is, uh, especially folks in Ottawa. So explain why are payroll taxes taxes? Yeah. They're kind of twisting themselves into a pretzel, trying to pretend like these payroll taxes aren't taxes. I mean, look, I'm sure we'll get into a deep dive into one of these episodes. That's called foreshadowing, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> but let me just Even right more. off the bat. Um, look, a, ta a payroll tax is not a fee and it's not a price. I mean, primarily, number one, uh, because it's mandatory. Right. Yeah. So a price or a fee is like when you go to Subway and order a sandwich. That's a price. You don't have to go to Subway and order a sandwich or when you buy insurance for Manulife or when you buy a ticket on Via Rail. Those are prices and fees. But hey, 
you don't get a choice. The tax man doesn't give you a choice on whether or not you have to pay CPP or EI. That's a hint, right? Right there, that's a hint. <laughs> but even moving past the obvious, right, the mandatory nature of CPP and EI, even moving beyond that, when you pay into your CPP, you're actually not directly paying for your service. Okay, so that's different than another type of government fee, like a passport. So when you go purchase or renew a passport, you pay $160 directly for the service of renewing your passport. But what most people don't know is that when you're forced to pay into the CPP, you're not saving for your retirement, you're largely saving for someone else's retirement, and then are hoping on the goodwill of politicians decades from now to eventually get some of that money back, maybe, through your own CPP payment. So does that kind of make sense? Number one, they're mandatory, that's yeah. a tax. But number two is that you're not actually directly paying for your service, you're largely paying for someone else's pension or, or what have you. Yeah, they're also called taxes on the CRA website. Yeah. Like I'm just saying, like we may not be the tax experts, <laughs> but the Canada Revenue Agency, they sure are. And uh, they call them taxes. So mm -hmm. just to put that one to bed, it was one of those silly like Ottawa bubble dust ups, but it gets a lot of play. So I wanted to put that one to bed. Second, this is a devil's advocate thing. I'm also hearing <laughs> some of those smart folks say, OK, well, if we cut taxes right now, it's just going to make inflation worse. What's yeah. that line of reasoning? And do you agree? <laughs> is that a risk? Well, well, first of all, let's just remember that the objective of some types of taxes is to raise the price, right? That's the whole point of the carbon tax is to increase the price. So if you're going to say that uh, these types of taxes don't influence prices, well, then what the heck is the point of having a carbon tax in the first place? Right. Like, so let's remember that. And, and and gas tax relief immediately would save drivers 18 to 30 cents a liter. But even if we set aside the wonky theory economics of it all, which I hate to set aside, we can even just look <laughs> we can even just look empirically. Um, yeah. Ontario cut its gas taxes in July and Statistics Canada reported in July and noted that, quote, gasoline prices fell the most in Ontario, 12.2% decline, where the provincial government temporarily lowered the gasoline tax. Okay, so empirically, we saw that you cut gas taxes weird, the price went down. Now, following Alberta's gas tax cut in April, a University of Calgary economist noted, quote, while the inflation rate nationally rose in April, the rate declined in Alberta. Falling gasoline prices because of the tax holiday is the reason, end quote. Yeah, that'll make sense to me. Uh, kind of sounds still like it's theoretical, but just practically speaking, if I'm saving, you know, that five bucks or six bucks or whatever it is I'm saving on my fuel fill-ups uh, during the week, that's money I can use to cope with higher prices at the grocery store. I'm better able to try to afford the ground beef or maybe even, you know, the beef roast if it's on sale, because sure as heck no, that's all gone up. Meat has gone up a lot. Um, and so doesn't that just make sense? Like if I have more of my money in my pocket, can't I use that to cope with the higher inflationary costs <laughs> yeah. of life? And look, if the government isn't printing new dollars out of thin air, if the government isn't borrowing new dollars, uh, then at the very least, at the very least, a tax cut at least is shifting spending away from the politicians and bureaucrats who spend way too much money and at least allowing Canadians to have more in their pockets, right? To be able to afford gasoline, dental, 
uh, groceries, what have you, the point that you're making. And look, the Fraser Institute, they they do a report, I think, every year where they add up all the different taxes mm-hmm. that we pay to all the different levels of government, property taxes, sales taxes, income taxes, import taxes, taxes on taxes, you name it, we pay it, it feels like. And they found that the average family, their budget, about 43% of the average Canadian family's budget is going to taxes, right? All the different taxes we pay. Now that's more than what the average family spends on the basics, the necessities like food, shelter, and clothing combined. Now, even after accounting for inflation, according to the Fraser Institute report, if we brought tax levels back to where they were three decades ago, 1992, it's a good year, by the way, the average family's tax bill would decline by about $10,000 every year. So to the point that you raised earlier, just think about how much more affordable all aspects of life would be if families had thousands of extra dollars every year to pay for whatever a family needs or wants. And look, the reason we're paying such high taxes, as we talk about in all of these podcast episodes, is because the government's wasting way too much money. Like the hundreds of millions of dollars announced for companies like Bombardier or all the pay raises and bonuses that the bureaucrats in Ottawa need to give themselves, or even the sex toy show in Germany, right? Stop wasting so much money, start cutting taxes now. I think your favorite is that toy show in Germany. I think my favorite out of the Mission Cultural Fund, which is a slush fund for foreign affairs, if anybody doesn't know what it is, is uh, the fact that diplomats, when they're hungry, can just pick up a magic phone and get a Canadian chef <laughs> flown out to them. And you pay for it. Like, we're not making this up. We, You literally pay for this sort of stuff. So, frankly, um, I, think we, I think history has taught us that people have thrown bales of tea into certain harbors uh, over much less than 43%. <laughs> of your money going to the government through taxes. Franco, thanks for this. Uh, Folks, if you want to check out uh, our report on this, there's tons of links in it. Uh, Go check out the National Post story that's on this. It's in our show notes. Keying in on the waste thing here, we've got (laughs) our friend, our investigative journalist, uh, James Wood. Uh, James, right now, I don't know about you, and I don't know about you, Franco. You guys are both in Ottawa, but uh, it's pretty tough out there. Uh, grocery shopping makes most people wince. I know I see people kind of gritting their teeth when they're trying to buy ground beef. Uh, but then you take a look at what's happening uh, expense-wise when it comes to our governor general. And James, you did some serious digging into the governor general's big fancy trip to the Middle East back in March. Can you explain to our listeners uh, some of the things that they wound up paying for? Yeah, like when, like you said, when you go to the grocery store, you're trying to figure out your food budget, uh, yeah. everything goes up in cost. Uh, it turns out that Mary Simon and her entourage were enjoying Beef Wellington and uh, fancy Italian snacks as they tour, th- flew around uh, Europe and the Middle East back in March. Here are just some of the bills because we got a full itemized list. We're going to give you some of the highlights. So there were $230 for flyer arrangements wow. on the plane. Uh, $984 for individual Flow brand water bottles, which is a high-end boxed water brand. Uh, at least $6,023 in combined snack costs. That's only for some of the snacks because that's the snack cost that we can see. Uh, that's a lot of pretzels, I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, just a bit, eh? Um, $597 for sparkling mineral water. Yeah, I got uh, I got interrupt. With all those pretzels, maybe that's why they had to spend so much money on water. <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, it wasn't even pretzels. It was like fancy vegetable trays. The, 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 the word for vegetable trays, I think it was crudites. And that's like where you get really fancy vegetable trays. But it went on. It was crudites? there. Was, yeah, crudites. I don't, I'm, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong because I'm not, uh, I'm not fancy enough. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> okay. Um, there was a three, $305 for beef uh, carpaccio, which as far as I understand, it's an Italian, Italian dish of thinly sliced raw meat, which sounds great, I guess. Uh, $165 for lemon and lime slices for, I believe, one leg of this entire trip. Uh, $322 for freshly squeezed orange and cranberry juice, which is, you know, just great. Um, the first leg of the trip, actually, from Ottawa to London, cost over seven thousand dollars in catering alone, and that included the flower arrangements, that that boxed water, lemon and lime slices, and a case of Perrier water. Uh, for lunch on that leg, they had some great choices. They could choose between uh, chicken tikka masala or apple stuffed pork tenderloin with Ooh. roasted squash and sautéed Brussels sprouts, and of course, that included salad and dessert. Um, the one thing that really gets me about all this, like, why would you need flower arrangements on a plane? Like, do you? Who's looking at that? Who's that for? I don't understand it. But it, like the, the cost just went on and on and on. It was for nuts. the gram. It's for the gram, Jimbo, for the gram. You know, I hear about all these like receipts, you know, hundreds of dollars on box water bottle drink thingies or whatever. Sort of things. <laughs> <laughs> and it just reminds me of uh, Will Ferrell. You know, he comes home and the anchorman's like, what, you ate all the cheese? <laughs> I'm not even mad. That's impressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am a little bit mad, though, once I remember that, oh, wait, I'm paying for this during yeah, these yeah. difficult times. But you know what? I feel like we've almost buried the lead here a little bit because you said that was just for one leg. What? That was just one. That was just one. Like, it's, and that's not the kind of thing you'd ever see on, like, AirCand or WestJet. I saw some folks defending that, and they're saying, it's oh, you might get that on a commercial flight. No, you would not. Like, and yeah, just, just, yeah, just one leg. So another menu, we said there's a bunch of menus that we actually got back. So it detailed the uh, options for the seven-hour flight to Dubai, where passengers that could have had an omelet or crepes for breakfast with lunch of chicken scapellini in mushroom sauce or beef wellington again. Over $220 was paid for orange juice on that particular leg of the flight and $91 put down for cranberry juice on that same leg. Um, the invoices and menus and emails also described how um, the Gigi and her spouse, they were supposed to have uh, all, their, all their meals were supposed to be placed on China. China plates and served with appropriate garnish. There's like five or six different emails where it comes on saying, we need appropriate garnish for this meal. Make sure the garnish is there. And it's like, what? Um, garnish is very like... important. <laughs> I'm smiling, but I'm super <laughs> mad. It's, it's just, it was just bizarre. It was bizarre. And so they, she gets her, she and her husband get their stuff put on China. The rest of the VIP is on the plate, get uh, their stuff on trays. Off you go. Total cost for that uh, flight to Dubai was $41,000 in roughly catering costs as well. Like I can go on. The invoices laid it all out. But the bottom line with all this stuff was that the catering bill for these flights was ridiculously high. And honestly, again, it's a bit of a slap in the face for Canadians who are going to the grocery store and basically struggling to purchase the stuff that they need on a regular basis for their kitchen tables. MPs have been looking at these costs, thankfully. Um, there was recently a committee meeting where the deputy secretary from Marie Simon, uh, Christine McIntyre, she was actually going and talking to MPs about these costs. And she was defending them when she appeared at committee. It was very strange. She compared uh, the food that they're getting to what you get on a commercial flight in Canada. That is uh, a joke. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, but you want to talk about lack of accountability and fracturing trust with government is when you get these folks who are on the payroll. She's probably getting paid probably six figures, I'm guessing. And she actually stands there or sits there and says, oh, this is just airline food. No, yeah. bro, this is not airline food. Hold on a second. Hold on. Let me jump in. Let me jump in, okay? You know what the hardest job in Canada that day was? Must have been Miss McIntyre's, right? Could you imagine being committee and being like, we had to spend 230 bucks on flower arrangements. We had to do it. <laughs> Could you imagine trying to defend your boss's crazy tap? Boss, do I actually have to defend this? Yep, you got to defend $984 spent on individual flow water bottles. Could you imagine having that job? Yeah, it was a it was a weird one. And like the, the, the thing was during that committee meeting, we didn't actually the MPs who were messing around with this, they didn't have the menus yet. So that's going to come up in another committee meeting in the future. Oh boy! But the thing that got me what Wagentire was saying is that she compared it with like a commercial flight. Then she went on to specifically say, "Oh, we had eggs, we had omelets." Given what the menus actually tell us about what they are eating, like you're really out on a limb there. Ms. McIntyre, I would, I like, like Frank was saying, I wouldn't want to be her. I wouldn't want to be in that job. Hey, who doesn't have a little beef carpaccio there sprinkled in with their omelets in the morning, right? <laughs> so I did, I did pronounce it right when I said beef carpaccio. Is that what it's called? Oh, hopefully. Franco? Anybody? <laughs> no? Ish? Fancy I remember, beef. I remember a couple years ago, uh, there was, I can't remember, it was some entitled to an entitlements person was complaining that their camembert was too cold or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I literally had to Google that. Uh, for me, cheese comes in like two colors. It's like orange or white. <laughs> and like the fancy stuff is mixed together. It was apparently a fancy cheese. Now, again, part of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, our, our ethos is to be happy warriors. And the reason why we're laughing is because we're so furious. <laughs> because if we don't laugh, we will otherwise cry. And mm. unfortunately, this isn't the first time uh, that Canadians have been really screwed over expense-wise by governors general. This is a major ongoing systemic problem of this lavish entitlements and we're all picking up the bill. So what to do? Like you're going through these expenses, James. Um, what's what's the win here? How do we move this ball down the field and make sure we're not all sitting around here another year from now talking about something like this again? Well, I mean, number one, we could go to the Canadian Armed Forces and say, please stop buying flower arrangements for these yeah. very, these diplomatic junkets. We don't need the flowers. No one's got the flowers. You know, it's fine. Don't buy the flowers. Um, and, and luckily, we're in a bit of luck here. Uh, the MPs have been chasing this one. There was a committee meeting I mentioned recently, and I'm pretty sure the next one is going to be a bit more spicy uh, because they have the menus now. But I mean... One thing that we could just that we could advocate for is just taking this kind of information and disclosing it proactively. Put the menus out there, put the costs there, and let Canadians understand where their money is going, and then people can actually react to it properly. Because the story they it broke back in 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 June there, but people only saw a number; they didn't know what was being bought. This stuff can be disclosed. It doesn't have to be it, like. I go and make these requests and that's what that's what I'm doing for the CTF. That's what I do. That's what I like to do in the first place. But it should just be put out there for people to know about from the get-go. And maybe if that happens, if people know that there's gonna be a bunch of big spotlight on what they're spending for these trips, they might be a bit smarter by the way they use their money. That's probably a good at least a good first step, I'd say. <laughs> Proactive disclosure and the posting of the receipts on yeah. every single itemized thing that they're yeah charging the taxpayer for. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, all of us will remember the $16 glass of orange juice for Bavoda. The mm. reason why people fixated upon that is because they can relate to it. 
A billion dollars kind of swims around your head. It's hard to really grasp. But everybody knows that 16 bucks is too much to, to pay for orange juice. Same thing mm -hmm. with David Dingwall of mm -hmm. expensing mints. You know, why would you do something like that? But again, it's something <laughs> people can relate to. So I agree with you. If we start itemizing all these receipts and proactively posting them online, uh, I think it would go a long way for accountability. Yeah, good first step. Good first step. But I mean, in the meantime, even if that doesn't happen, um, you know, it can open was, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll make sure anyone's spending taxpayers' money in this particular uh, goofy way. They're going to have a nice big spotlight on them. James, thanks for your work on this, man. Uh, anybody listening to this who wants to read more about waste or sign our petition to cut the perks at the GG's office, uh, head on over to our website, taxpayer.com. What the heck is going on at Charlottetown City Hall? Yeah, so there's been a just a, a series of fun stories at Charlottetown City Hall, but I think this one is my favorite for sure. Um, Charlottetown residents, they had to pick up the $4,600 tab to take out a utility pole that was in front of a city councilor a city councilor's driveway. That was city councilor Elena Yankov. Even though she and her husband had moved their driveway to face the pole when after they bought their house. <clears throat> And the city government had been explicitly told it was the homeowner's own responsibility to pay for the work. Like, So just I, to be clear, just to interrupt you for a sec, folks, yeah, if you can yeah, picture yeah. this. Picture your house, like your average house, and there's the driveway that comes out to the road. Now put like a, a power pole right kind of in the middle-ish of the driveway. Mm -hmm. So to the point where you need to like maneuver around it to get up to your garage. Okay, mm -hmm. go Looks ahead. Looks good. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Real good. But, but imagine, but also, just, I'm going to say this again, but imagine... You, with that pole, you actually put your driveway there in the first place. You did that yourself, and then yeah. you oh, gave okay, even worse. Problem. You know, I'm not. I'm even not that worse. much of a home renovator per se. <laughs> not really an expert. Yeah, I like to watch some of the home renovation shows, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But I'm pretty sure a driveway doesn't go where the pole is supposed to be. Yeah, pretty it's sure. A, it's a fun one, but yeah, I, like I can't state it any more plainly. Like the whole reason this whole chain of events happened is because the Yankovs moved their driveway to fit, to directly face this utility pole. This would have been a problem if they just left it the way it was after they bought their house. But no, you can actually, they moved it around right in the back middle. But I'll explain. Earlier this year, we got a tip about a road project that was done back in June 2021, where the city had asked uh, Bell to remove five utility poles in the Charlottetown neighborhood. This was totally normal. Top of those five poles, city also asked Bell to take out another pole at 19 Spring Street, which is where Miss Yankov lives. That was roughly three blocks away from the actual work site for this road project the city was going was going to hmm. do. Here's the thing, though. So Bell had been telling the city and Yankov for years that the only people who should be paying for that poll to get removed were the people who lived at 19 Spring Street. Full stop. The only reason it became an issue in the first place is, again, because of home renovations the Yankovs did themselves, which moved the driveway at that house to directly face the poll in question. You can literally see the change over time because you can go on Google Street View. You can see the house uh, before they made the changes where the pole is off to the side. There's no issue. Then you see it... Uh, a few years after and actually you see it on miss yankov's own instagram page and <laughs> lo and behold the driveway is directly facing this bloody pole jimbo it, jimbo how many hours did you spend doing that uh a good amount of time Good amount of time. Like, just straight up, this is worse than I thought it was. I thought initially they bought the place. No, no, it's it there. Just, they... <laughs> it was the silliest thing. It's the silliest thing. And so the city's own the city's own records laid it all out because there was a long discussion uh between at, at one point back in 2019 between the head of public works at Charlottetown, who had raised the poll as a safety issue for a local resident with Bell. 
uh, without mentioning that local resident was actually city council. You know, congratulations to him. Bell told the city, Bell told Public Works head at the time that any movement of the pole would be at the homeowner's own cost, and residents of 19 Spring Street had made changes to their property with full knowledge of where the pole was at. So everyone on <laughs> the dog was saying, "Hey, Charlottetown, don't pay for this. They need to pay for this." And evidently, the city, you know, didn't listen to him. So everyone is saying. Taxpayers shouldn't be on the hook for this. It's the people who brought their driveway to the pole that should be paying for that. And after all of this, city council said, yep, thanks for the advisement. Nah, taxpayers are going to pay for it. Is that kind of what happened? That, that's that's pretty much what happened. I mean, the city council, as far as I can see from the records that we have, didn't make it to city council involvement. It was mainly an ah. operational matter. But uh, folks were aware, and the city manager uh, got a hold of it at one point. We saw that. The records show that. But yeah, like despite everyone saying, hey, Charlottetown, do not pay for this because of X, Y, Z, all these reasons and all these very good reasons, uh, the city went, okay, sure, I'm going to pay for it anyway. Because despite Bell telling the cities, telling the city the homeowner had to pay, the city got a quote on June 7th from Bell uh, for the removal of six poles, five of the work site and the extra one at 19 Spring Street. The price tag was $27,767 or $4,627 per pole. On top of that, the city's own purchase order issued 10 days later didn't include 19 Spring Street pole, but maintained the same price tag. And the city has never actually explained that, how that uh, fund paperwork issue happened, They've, even though I've asked them multiple times. Uh, mm. City maintains the pole was a safety issue and had to be taken out at city expense, uh, despite Bell telling repeatedly home, it was the homeowner's responsibility. As for Ms. Yankov, we did eventually get in contact with her. Uh, we asked her if she believed whether, it was, whether or not it was fair for city residents to pay for the poll to be removed, whether or not she'd be willing to repay the amount spent on the removal. Here's what she said. I followed the rules of what I was told to do six years ago on, on something that was blocking um, a driveway of a home I bought. That's, that, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, that's all I have. And... Um, your tone is actually making me feel really uncomfortable because I don't know anything more about it and I, I'm, I, I don't know what else to say. Okay, so just to recap, they knew the pole was there because they could see it with their eyes. Then they moved their driveway so that the, the driveway like flows around the pole. Like imagine a mighty oak in the middle of a river, okay? Everybody told them that it's their responsibility to pay for it. But the city wound up paying for it anyway. I think I know what you're going to say here, James, but what's the fix here? Yeah, this, this, one's, this one's easy. Like, Ms. Yankov, if you're listening, uh, pay for your own freaking poll. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, very, it's very simple. Like, this is such yeah. an easy fix. I wish, like I, like, I talked to her on the phone about this, and we just ran in circles. So, yeah, if you're listening, pay for the freaking poll. Um, as for the wider issue of Charlottetown municipal government, you know, you know, letting this one kind of slip through the cracks, that's harder to fix. Um, but they have an election coming up. So if people want to see things fixed in town, now's the time to have a very direct hand in that happening. Um, and I mean, we'll keep beating the drum about Charlottetown issues until we see some actual steps taken by the province to, you know, make sure things are going in the right direction there. It's just, uh, this poll issue really stands out for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very prominent issue, so to speak. Yeah. Thanks so much for this, James and Franco. Hey, folks, uh, if you want to read more about this stuff, uh, if you really want to find out what the government's wasting your money on. We've got tons of stories about it. Head on over to our website, taxpayer.com.